Episode 68, Parenting That Empowers. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Hi, elite educators. This is Gretchen from Always a Lesson. And whether you're teaching a lesson or you're learning one for yourself, this podcast is for you. I am here to empower you. I want you to reach your potential. That's why I refer to you as elite, because that really describes someone who takes time to invest in themselves by listening to a podcast like this, and that really helps hone your craft. So I'm glad you're here today. I do want to start by thanking each and every one of you for tuning in each week. I've received some of the most sweetest, thoughtful reviews on iTunes. If you haven't had a chance, head on over there, subscribe to the show so it automatically downloads on any one of your devices, and then leave a rating with a review to let me know what you think. This also tells iTunes, hey, people are listening, they're enjoying the show, they're finding value, and they will continue to push it out. And we know that's important because now we're able to reach more and more teachers each day, which then has a stronger impact on our students and their achievement and their overall success. So today's shout-out goes to Denny Craw. I hope I'm saying that correctly. His review says, great show. As a former teacher, I can't thank you enough for empowering all of the educators out there. I felt so alone so many times when I was in the classroom, and a resource like this would have been invaluable to me. Keep it up. Well, Denny, I love that you're an educator who is forever an educator, whether you're still in the classroom or not, and that you would tune in just to hear what's going on in the educational realm today And to know that you once felt the feelings that current teachers are facing lets us know that this is a real problem and there's things that we need to do to be able to come together and fix that. And I love that you think this show is one of the ways to do that because I myself too am connecting with so many educators who feel like this is just the right amount of information that I need. It's the right amount of motivation. And I go in to work each day being thankful rather than resentful. And I know from my own experience in the classroom, it did get really frustrating. And I wanted someone to be my cheerleader. And so that is why I do this show, because I am being what I wish I had. And it sounds like, Denny, you're right there with me. You wish this was there for you, too. So thank you for listening and for stopping by and leaving your two cents on iTunes. I really appreciate it. Well, today I want to help you reignite your passion and your potential. And I want to talk about cultivating parent response and interaction so that it's actually empowering your students and then, of course, leads to success. So hang on. This is going to be one empowering ride. So it's no secret that challenging parents can be a teacher's worst nightmare. But it doesn't have to be this way. You know, every difficult parent is actually a caring parent. And I know you're probably rolling your eyes like, whatever. But it's true. My father-in-law, he's a retired high school principal. And he has always said to me, 
Parents who are hollering and knocking on your door the moment school opens are the parents that he wants to work with. And of course, I've always thought, like, that is so crazy. What in the world? Who would welcome that negativity and energy? But their behavior let him know, like, hey, this parent values their child's education. They love their child. They're willing and interested in changing this situation. I never really thought about it like that. Like, you're right. If they're on fire for something, they're going to take action. So, of course they care. Because if they didn't, they wouldn't have shown up in the first place. Although I still found (laughs) that kind of parent interaction annoying. Like, they have nothing better to do. They're just here to point the finger at me and expect me to wave my magic wand. But my father-in-law is absolutely right. An angry parent is a caring parent because if they didn't care, they wouldn't come up to school or write that email or send you a text message. So he's right. It's actually a good sign. And what I've learned over the many years dealing with parents, not all of them positive interactions, and at first I hated that, but it's been the best thing that ever happened to me. And I say that because parents are often misinformed, and that is where their frustration stems from because they feel like either they don't have all the information or they can't imagine that this could be happening. And then you explain the situation and they're like, oh, that makes logical sense. I now trust you. I feel connected. I can see why this occurred, what have you. And so sometimes just listening to them really breaks down that barrier. You know, my most difficult parents ended up becoming my allies because I was able to just shed light on what was actually going on. I would even share with them, like, my current training and, and best practices. You know, they don't know that stuff. And then included them in on decision-making. And that really made them feel heard and, and valued and, like, a partner in this. And it wasn't that I could use every one of their ideas, but I let them generate their ideas And then maybe I tweaked them or we tried them and it didn't work, but they eventually said, you know, I trust you and I want you to do what you've been trained to do. Thank you for just letting me in. And that means a lot to a parent. A quick side note, we have had some really bad protesting here in Charlotte, North Carolina, and it has turned, oh my gosh, so ugly and violent. And when I look at the situation and try and figure out what is happening, because it reminded me of some parents I've had, it was because no one was listening to these protesters. But as soon as these protesters were able to verbalize what their problem was and share their opinion on that problem, and then some of them were even starting to suggest a solution, the whole environment changed. It was like the flip of a light switch. And that's what I've experienced with parents You may already know how misinformed they are or how they always exaggerate a situation, but just listen first because otherwise, no matter what awesome stuff you have to share with them that could be life-altering, they're not going to hear it. They have to get it off their chest first, and not only that, they need to know that you actually took in what they just said before they're willing to even hear anything from you. And so you got to acknowledge them. They want to feel validated so you could say, I understand why you're feeling that way, and thank you for bringing it to my attention. So now you're not just nodding your head. You're actually stating that what they had to say was worthwhile and that you can understand and 
sympathize with them. And now that they know, okay, she's heard me, she thinks what I said was legit, they're on cloud nine, they feel empowered, and now you're able to then convey your message with success. And so what do you need to do? Well, before I give you some steps, I want to share like where this episode came from and a little example from my own classroom experience of one of the biggest hurdles I had to overcome with parents. So the whole reason behind this is I see these memes, you know them, you know, said no teacher ever, and they're hilarious because there's truth behind the sarcasm and it's so close to home that I can see myself thinking or saying these things. So the most recent one I saw had to deal with parents and it said, yes, Mrs. Smith, it is my fault And I should lose my job because your child has never read a book at home and plays video games until 3 a.m. on school nights. Said no teacher ever. (laughs) So funny because it's true. So then I ended up seeing another image, and that's what really made me say, okay, I've got to talk about this. The image was a piece of artwork with this verbiage on it. It said, It's about becoming a mathematical thinker, not a calculator. And that is what then spurred my thought about my biggest hurdle I had to overcome. And it had to do with our math curriculum. And you may be facing this in your school too. So we stopped asking students to memorize processes and math facts. And we really were just focusing on developing their mathematical sense because if they can't break down a number, for example, by place value, they just really don't understand what's involved in that number. You know, my kids would always say, you know, oh, carry the one. And I would holler back at them, it's not a one. You know, it's a 10 or it's a 100. And and they would just laugh like, oh, my crazy teacher. But it's true. They just looked at digits. You know, they weren't thinking about the value of the number, and therefore they had no idea how far apart numbers were. They didn't know how to manipulate the numbers. They didn't know how to combine like place values to just quickly in their head mathematically figure out addition or subtraction. You know, they were taught, like I was, to just memorize this process, and it works every time, and you always get the answer, and it's quick, and it's fast, and it's easy. But what ended up happening is, I I couldn't do math without paper and pencil. It just, I wasn't able to do it. I had no idea in my head what I was doing. It was just this process I had memorized, and I couldn't do it without visually seeing it on my paper and crossing off that number and carrying that one, (laughs) which now I harp at kids for. But it's because I know better. And it was because I was asked to train this you know, this new math program, and it took a long time for me to even get my head wrapped around it, and parents were just like, what is this? It takes 30 minutes to solve one problem. Like, this is not efficient, and I had to say, listen, it's not about solving 30 problems. Like, it's about solving one and doing it correctly and really understanding what the heck you're doing, and so my kids' math scores, they started to skyrocket. Parents were just still so furious because they felt like they just, they couldn't help. They didn't know what this was. And that made them feel like they couldn't be part of the solution. And I think that's where a lot of parent frustration comes from is they feel helpless. And so nine out of 10 of my emails that I would get every day were about why their child can't solve math the way they learned and why they can't do it the quick way. And, you know, why they can't just teach them to memorize it. And over time, it took a very, very long time. The parents started to see 
that their child was actually able to think mathematically and not just do math. And they started singing the praises of this program. I mean, they would still say, you know, I don't get it, but (laughs) my kid does, and that's all that matters. And they're absolutely right. You know, that resistance that I was feeling from parents didn't deter me from accomplishing my mission because I had a job to do. This was the program my school chose. In order to keep my job, I have to teach this program. And sometimes parents just don't even think about that. You know, when they came up and and said, why do we have to do this? And I said, you know what? This is the new initiative, and I have to follow that initiative. I understand you, and I hear you, and I get it because I am in your boat. It was hard for me to understand, but after teaching it for a while, I can truly tell you it's so much better for kids. And they're thinking, I didn't think about the fact that she could lose her job if she doesn't do what she's told. You know, they're not thinking from that perspective, and sometimes you just have to share the reality of the situation. And they even conveyed that to students, like, guys, when your parents and I went to school, we did not learn this way, and it is hard for us to even understand. So if you're struggling, like, you're not alone, if your parents are trying to tell you solve it one way, just politely teach them the new way or or let them know I'm not allowed to solve it through that method, I have to make sure I practice, and we'll work through it. And so now the kids were clued in as to why their parents were so mad, because sometimes kids are like, my mom is yelling at about my teacher. She must hate my teacher. And that's really not what it is. You know, there is a miscommunication and frustration, but it's not a personal thing. And you want your students to come ready to learn, but they feel trapped when their parents are telling them one thing and the teacher's telling them another. And that's why that communication is so important. And we even brought parents in, and we did a quick demo lesson to teach them this math, and their faces were hysterical. I mean, I doubt any one of them ever converted to this new way, but allowing them to be a student and be part of the conversation and share you know, our expertise with them, it started building this bond instead of this wall. And it was, that's what I mean about parenting that empowers. Now they're part of the conversation. And they may say, you know, I didn't learn it this way, but this is what your teacher is teaching you. And from the research that they found, this is really going to help you. So I'm going to support you. I may not be able to help you do step-by-step because I'm not familiar with this method. But I am here to tell you that if that's what your teacher asks, that's what you're to do. All right, so what am I trying to get at here with these memes and my personal story of the math curriculum? Instead of being frustrated and just hating on parents, I want you to actually embrace the experience. It's going to make you a better teacher. It's going to make you a better person. It certainly did for me because now I see myself translating that listening skill over into my friendships and relationships. And people always say now, you make me feel like I'm heard. And I giggle, not because that's a silly compliment, but because of the hell I had to go through to develop that characteristic. You know, you just see your your battle scars and you're like, yeah, I, I've grown, haven't I? <laughs> so when a parent approaches you, no matter how aggressively or how bizarre of the concern, just listen. And I don't mean hear them. I just mean listen to what they're saying. So don't Jump right to responding. Allow them to get all of their thoughts out. And then the first thing that you do say is that you're going to acknowledge them. Don't go to your own agenda. Don't jump into explanations. Don't stand up for yourself. Just acknowledge what they just said. So confirm what you've heard them what you heard them say. You can even rephrase part of what they said. That definitely acknowledges their concerns. 
And then thank them because they took the time to contact you and let you know. And it's so much better that you know something than to not know. I mean, you can't do and be better if no one shares with you what's wrong. So that insight is so motivating and powerful for you to have as your secret weapon. Listen to them, you've acknowledged, and now it's your chance that you can actually shed some light. And this is where you may share the policy behind whatever decision you've made instead of your perspective. For example, it doesn't matter that you think you're a nice person and this student has told their parent that you're like Cruella DeVille. Like, it's just irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Don't take it to that personal level. It's not about your perspective. Leave that out. The parent can share theirs, but you don't need to share yours. You just need to be mindful of the facts, which is, you know, the policies or procedures or structures that are in place that you have to follow. You know, there's protocol. You can't just willy-nilly your way through life. You won't have a job, and and this is where you need to be transparent, but don't go, well, from what I see, you know, it's not about that. It's just, here's the daily schedule, or here's how the program is laid out, or here's the consequence system, or whatever it is, just stick to the facts. Now this parent is going to better understand why you make the decisions you do, and why you are stuck having to adhere to policy, and I think they're going to respect you because You didn't fire back and say, that's wrong, or I never said that. You're just sharing the structure that's in place, and now they're like, okay, I get what happens behind the scenes. I see how this is playing out, but I can also see why this hurts my child's feelings. And so together, they've voiced their concern. You've shared the facts. Now you're going to come up with solutions. They're going to shed light on the the inner workings of their child's mind and their feelings and how they perceive whatever the issue is. But you're going to shed light on the structures that you have to work within. And so you can back and forth, share just ideas. And you can say, you know, I could see that working. Or what I worry about with that suggestion is, you know, this is how it has to play out. Or this is the amount of time I have. Or I have 20 students. I'm unable to dedicate that time or whatever it is, and and tweak it instead of just throwing it out, say, but what I could do is, and now the parent's like, okay, I, I said something that could be a potential solution, and this person heard me, and they're willing, and I also better understand the system and why that might have been an unrealistic expectation, and you know, now I'm no longer misinformed. Now I'm no longer frustrated. Now I'm no longer feeling helpless. I'm actually feeling like we're a partnership and we're working together. And this is what's empowering to the student because they pick up on all of this. They hear you at school. They go home and hear their parents at home. And if they're talking negatively about the school or you or the program, kids bring that with them into class. And, and that really affects their achievement. So the steps, again, were to listen to acknowledge, share that inner workings, that infrastructure, and then the problem solving together. You're still going to probably have, you know, some crazy parent requests or complaints. You're still going to die laughing when you see those memes because they're probably always going to be true. But you're going to take steps now. You're bridging the gap that's existing. You know, that gap of the unknown is really scary for parents. And They don't understand, even though they think they do. And it's your job to enlighten and teach them, too. You know, parent relationships are so powerful when you leverage them correctly. You don't want it to be a me versus them environment. 
as I said, kids feel it and it puts them in an awkward position and that's just really unfair. So open up your classroom. Parents can come watch you teach and they can better understand the programs that you're using. They're going to feel honored that you want to work with them and that you're, then you can showcase how awesome you are and your classroom. And that may really help change their tune. You know, they're starting to really see the reality of what's happening. You know, Johnny's always yelling at me. Well, as I was watching today, he raised his voice, but he wasn't yelling. And to be honest, you were continuing to take his paper or his pencil or you were annoying him or <laughs> whatever. And now the parent's like, I'm starting to see what's really going on here. So it's to your benefit to invite them in, I promise you. Remember, parents aren't the enemy. They may just be misinformed. They don't understand the structure of a school system. You know, just because they went to school as a child doesn't mean they understand behind the scenes, especially in terms of what you are required to do by law to keep your job. So become a team, and the students are really going to start succeeding to their potential. Just remember, you're going to listen, you're going to acknowledge, you're going to share that infrastructure, and then you're going to problem solve together. All right, elite educators, that is a wrap for this week's podcast on parenting that empowers. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. This podcast is sponsored by the Educators Podcast Network, a podcast network that encourages you to think about your profession and succeed in the world of education. Whether you're a first-year educator or a seasoned veteran, there is a podcast for you. All of the shows are produced by educators who want to shape education through meaningful discussion and content. So head on over to edupodcastnetwork.com for more details.